0: Bread is life. In fact, my entire family absolutely loves bread. But I like to make sure that what we're eating counts. And if you're like me, you're going to love Hero Bread. Hero Bread makes those same delicious bready favorites free of consequences or compromises. They have remade carby empty calorie bread products into fluffy delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar and protein and fiber. Think of that soft, fluffy experience that you love when you're enjoying a refreshing BLT, savory breakfast burrito, or mouth-watering cheeseburger. But now it's made to really nourish you deeply. Hero Bread has something for every favorite, including sliced bread loaves, buns, and tortillas. My team tried Hero Bread and said it was the most fulfilling thing ever, but it also felt lighter and healthier. So, switch to Hero Bread now and you won't be disappointed. They even have a monthly small batch drops of indulgent favorites like the 2 gram net carb herb croissant or the 1 gram net carb herb cheddar biscuit. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code yogagirl at checkout. That's yogagirl at h-e-r-o oco c-o. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. Wow, 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 wow. I have been on such a deep journey today. I, um, okay, I have to start from the beginning. (laughs) So you can probably hear from my voice that I am a little bit under the weather. And when I say a little bit under the weather, I mean I have just been through some sort of portal, (laughs) some sort of fever portal that transported me to some other realm. Like I, Don't even know how to explain it. So I uh, was feeling amazing, totally fine a week ago on Friday. I felt great. I worked out in the morning, spent a whole normal day feeling really energized, and then a little bit tired in the evening on Friday. That was it. I woke up Saturday morning like I had been run over by a truck. I mean, I. I, and and the weirdest part of this is, okay, not the weirdest part. There's a lot of weird parts. But one of the weird parts is all night, Friday to Saturday, as I was getting sick, like I, I just developed this whole big thing all in the middle of the night because I woke up with it, didn't have it when I went to bed, right? All the, throughout the night, Friday to Saturday, I dreamt that I had COVID. And it was this really bizarre dream. Like I can close my eyes and just remember this very vividly. It was one of those dreams that really feels like, like it felt like it really happened, you know? And in the dream, I was on a boat with my whole family. We were all, it was like separate big vessels, like these big ships, almost like oil tankers, kind of these huge or like cargo ships kind of. And all of a sudden I realized there were all these animals stuck on a ship that was sinking and I had to save them. And that ship was so tall, it was one of those cruise liners, I couldn't get up there. The only way to get there was I had to climb up this really sketchy mast of one of the ships, go up at the top and then fold down this weird like bridge, like a drawbridge kind of to get these cows and these dogs. (laughs) Okay, bear with me to get them over to my ship and then I could lower them down to where I was. And I was just like not thinking about anything other than I had to save these animals. Right. And then all of a sudden I realized the animals were safe and I was stuck at the very top of this really sketchy metal mast and a storm came and I'm looking around and I can just tell like I'm out at sea I mean, I was like a hundred feet up in the air, like way, 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 way up and almost couldn't hold on. Didn't have anything to strap me down. And I'm just realizing like, I am not going to make it. I'm going to, I'm going to die up here. Like this is, you know, and then I see Dennis on another ship, so upset with me. Like, why do you have to do these stupid things? Why, why would you climb up there? Why would you go rescue those animals? Like we're here. And he's like telling me like really angrily like your family's here why are you over there rescuing those animals like he was just so upset that i'm like basically i I was being irresponsible to myself and to my family by being over there you know trying to help other beings basically which um, i got the later (laughs) on the other end of the portal i started realizing that that was just very telling in so many ways And then all of a sudden, somehow, like in the dream, it just skipped forward. So I I guess I didn't die. I don't know. It skipped forward. And I realized, like, I'm really sick now. I have a high fever. I just, oh, my God, I have a crazy headache. I am really, really ill. And I realized I have COVID. I don't know how I got it, but I have it. And I realized, okay, Leah has it. She's okay. Dennis has it. He's okay. And then all of our friends, a bunch of our friends from Sweden were there. So our best friends, Olivia and Patrick, and their kids were there Olivia's parents who are a little bit older they were there and then her siblings and a few other friends and it was just like kind of unspoken that everyone had COVID like we all had COVID together and we were in this like COVID bubble so we didn't have to make a thing of it or talk about it because we all had it and then things kind of moved forward a little bit in the dream and then all of a sudden I just mentioned something about like having COVID and oh I feel so bad I feel so shitty and then Olivia who never gets upset about anything I mean she, she's my best friend, she's never one to like get pissed off. She just turns to me and goes, what do you mean you have COVID? And she's really upset. And then Patrick goes, you have COVID and we're here with like some elderly people and you're just, you're just getting everybody sick on purpose. Like how irresponsible are you? And he got so upset with me. Both him and Olivia were just furious with me. And I realized, holy shit, I I was the only one who had it. No one else had it. And I'm just endangering everybody else. It was really intense, this dream. And then I wake up and I wake up and I realize I'm fucking sick. Okay. I woke up to, I had 104 fever that spiked to 106, which if you're not a Fahrenheit person, but a Celsius person, I had a 41.2 was as high as it spiked when I was actually taking my temperature, but I had a lot of like chunks in my day where I was like too delirious to take my temperatures. I don't know if it went higher than that. But 106 or like a 41 degree fever is like not okay. Okay, It is way too high. It's not a normal fever. It's not just a fever. You just casually have like I, oh my God. Okay. So of course, at this point, I am convinced. I, I mean, I know I dreamt I had COVID. I mean, Patrick told me in my dream I had COVID. COVID. I have all these crazy symptoms, all right? So I, um, I, I make it through the day-ish. And in the afternoon, we go to get tested or I go to get tested. And I did one of those tests. There's so many tests now, I don't even know. And I, I didn't do the rapid tests that everyone says like doesn't work so well but there is another fast test that was very expensive I, I it's called something N-A-T something I don't know they just introduced it on the island apparently it was like the first week that you're allowed to use this test so they were like we recommend this this is the one that has the most certainty but then of course as I shared after I shared that on Instagram I was like okay maybe that test was bullshit I don't know but I got that test it set out negative and the doctor said, because I had such severe symptoms, like my fever was so high. I mean, I, I couldn't barely like think. I couldn't open my eyes. My headache was so bad. I couldn't look at a screen, couldn't look at a computer. Like I couldn't, couldn't like talk to people. Like it was so, so, so bad. Even after I took paracetamol or something to reduce my fever, it was still so bad. And the doctor said that, like, with that kind of severity of symptoms, like, it would be positive. Like, the doctor was super, super sure. Like, no, I really don't think you have COVID. We will test again in a couple days to make sure, but I don't think you have it, um, since you're testing negative with these amount of symptoms. Okay. I'm just, I already know people are going to listen to this because COVID is such a sensitive topic as it is currently the topic running and ruining all of our lives, people are going to be listening and have all sorts of things to say about this. I'm just sharing what happened in my day. Okay. Obviously not a doctor or an immunologist or any of that shit. So just no need to freak out. Anyway, this went on for four days. Okay. (laughs) I even recorded, I recorded two episodes of Yoga Girl Daily, like the Monday and the Tuesday episode (laughs) of Yoga Girl Daily, which is my my daily show, like the mini version of this show, if you don't know, Monday through Friday, there is a yoga girl daily episode, a new one out every day. And normally I record them the day before, like it's very current. Like it's, it's not something I do once a month and I do all the episodes in one go. Like I record something every day. And (laughs) And I had to record, right? I mean, of course, like no one's going to die if I am on my deathbed, not able to record an episode once, but that's just not how I roll. <laughs> right? So I have to I actually realize as I'm saying this, I have to listen back to those episodes because I don't know how they are. Yeah. If you want to get, if you're curious, Monday and Tuesday episode of Yoga Girl Daily of this week um, might be a little wild. I, I, I can't remember what, what I said. Anyway, so two days later, I test again, and this time I did a test. So it was the PCR test, which is the other kind of test that you have to wait a long time for the answer, and then my doctor tested me for all the kinds of viruses. She was also saying like there's a lot lot of stuff going around on the island right now. So maybe you have like the rotavirus, something called RSV, maybe you have rhinovirus, maybe you have the actual like regular flu, maybe you have she was telling me all these things. So I did that. And every single one of those things came back negative. (laughs) Okay. I have, I either have like a virus that they don't detect in Aruba, like a virus that they don't even test for because it doesn't exist here, which seems very strange, or I don't have a virus at all. And what I'm going through is some sort of ascension (laughs) which as I'm saying it, I know sounds crazy, but that's really what it feels like I went through this past week. It's been, it's been, it's been so intense. I had, I had a couple of moments like in the middle of the night where I was just, I couldn't even cry because my head hurt so much. Like I couldn't get tears to come out of my eyes because the pain was just, and I, I, yeah, if anyone listening who deals with migraines, I have a lot of friends who deal with migraines and who've been on that journey for many years. Dennis's best friend deals with it. I have two of my closest friends in the world deal with it on like a, for sure, a weekly basis. It's one of those things that I know, like it just runs your life. If a migraine comes on, people have to put everything in the world on pause because that pain is so overwhelming and you can't manage anything. I mean, what do you do? You can't function in your day to day when that kind of pain overwhelms you in that way. And I don't have any experience with migraines. I never get headaches. Um, I just don't have that. Um, It's not where my pain goes when I get into a pain state. I guess. And the interesting thing is, if you listen to last week's episode of this show, I I share that I spoke to an animal psychic to talk to Ringo, (laughs) my dog. And uh, in the very end, like of that whole like my whole session with the psychic. She said, or he said, like, hey, have you dealt with any headaches recently? And I was like, no, never. And I had this, this session was the day before this happened, right? Two days before this happened. And she was like, are you sure? He's really showing me that you have something going on with your head, like you have headaches. And then she said, or, or and also that you're straining your eyes, that you have a hard time, like reading things now. Maybe you need glasses. You should go get your eyes checked, you know? Okay. If you don't have any headaches, go get your eyes checked. Like Ringo's telling you to go check your eyes. And then two days later, I'm hit with the worst headache. I mean, a four-day migraine, basically. I don't think it counts as a migraine. I don't know how you diagnose a migraine. A four-day fuck you headache, okay, is what I had. And it happened right after Ringo told me about headaches and to go get my eyes checked. And I was just like, all of these things are just like landing for me now as I'm out of this delirium. And um, knowing now I tested negative for all those viral infections, like all those things, I feel like it's really fascinating that the day we land back in Aruba after having spent four and a half months in Sweden, the day we get back, like literally the moment we land back, Leia got sick immediately. She hasn't been sick a day, all summer, all year. Like she hasn't been sick one single day. I haven't had a single sick day. Dennis hasn't been ill. Like not at all. Like he had a day where he was dehydrated when it was like a million degrees in Sweden and he forgot to drink water because that's the kind of man he is. He just doesn't drink water unless you tell him to drink water. But that's it. And then we get here and Leo goes to school one day and then she's ill, right? So that was last week. She had an ear infection. She was in a lot of pain. And then she got better and several days passed. And then I got my things. I'm just guessing now, like, you know, physiologically or anatomically or whatever you call it, that we were going through the same thing, I guess. But isn't it fascinating that like what we had wasn't a virus of any kind? Isn't that kind of interesting? And that my husband, her father... And I mean, we spend every moment of the day together. We all sleep in the same bed. Dennis and I are very intimate. Wink, wink. I mean, you guys get it. He has, he got nothing. He has zero symptoms, didn't get sick at all, didn't have a single day. And he was, you know, taking care of us as we were, I mean, taking care of Leia when she was sick and then taking care of me when I was sick and he didn't get sick. So I'm just wondering if Leia and I, like our, our, our Swedish souls, <laughs> Like landing back here, I think it's been a really fragile, fragile thing to just make this big transition for her to be back in school, to be back in Aruba, which is the only home she's ever known her whole life. But we're not back in our house yet. I mean, there's a lot of painful things there for our little four year old consciousness, you know, four year old little body to deal with. That's a lot. When we drove from the airport, So I've shared this a couple of episodes back, but if you missed it, we decided since we are going to move to Sweden long term that it didn't make sense for us to cancel the Airbnb guests that we had booked in our house. Because long term, what we're going to do is Airbnb our home. And we make really good money doing that. It kind of is what floats us right now. So we decided to not go back to our house, but to spend these three months in Aruba um, at a friend's house that we're renting now. So that's the short of it. But when we got, were driving from the airport, we were we went by Island Yoga to pick up our dogs that were there. And right next to Island Yoga is this roundabout, this kind of main roundabout. And to get to our house, normally you go straight through the roundabout. And to get to this new house, our friend's house, where we're staying for these months, you go left. And Leah was in the car. I mean, she was. it was like one in the morning her time. She was super jet lagged, but she was so happy to be in Aruba and to be back and the dogs. And... And then not saying anything, right? And I told her, we're not going back to our old house. We're going back to this other house. And I'd really tried to prepare her as much as I could. I shown her pictures of this house. Like I really tried, but I don't think she understood. I think she she thought we're going to go back to our old lives now. Whatever this ordeal has been is over. And we're she's going to go back to school and she's, we're going to go back home. And as we go, get to this roundabout and I make a left instead of go straight, she just lost it. She just, I mean, she didn't even say anything. She didn't speak. She didn't go, Hey, you're taking the wrong turn or you're going the wrong way. She just starts bawling, like complete massive, just, just bawling. And I'm like, honey, what's wrong? What are you? She's like, you're supposed to go forward. You're supposed to go forward. And I said, what? And she says, you're supposed to go forward to my baby house. She calls it that now my baby house, everything for her that wasn't like this week is when I was a baby. So if she sees pictures of herself on her birthday, which was March this year, it was only six months ago and we're in our house, you know, she's like, Oh, when I was a baby and I had a birthday, you know, she thinks everything is when I was a baby. So she calls the house, her baby house. We're supposed to go to my baby house. And I was like, no, honey, no. And you know, I explained to you we're we were going to go to this other house now, you know, and she was so, I mean, she was just heartbroken. So I think, there's something about this transition that just really shook her. And that's probably the the sickness she got, which was those days of ear infection and pain. And she was just low and sad. And, you know, she only got went to school for one day and then she was home the rest of the week. And then for me, <laughs> this fucking thing, it was like being hit in the head by a ton of bricks, literally. Are you ready for spring? I sure am. Over here in Sweden, I make it my business to get outside and get some sunlight on my skin each and every day. But in the winter, that can be really hard and your body will feel the effect of that. Did you know that 97% of women ages 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet? Luckily, Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% in a clinical study ritual is a clinically backed multivitamin for women 18 plus with high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms you get nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and the best part you can trust what you are putting in your body because ritual has the usp verified mark that means that the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label and only one percent of supplement brands are able to get this mark so it's a big deal Ritual's multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp, and made traceable. I have taken Ritual for years because of reasons like this. I love knowing that the ingredients in my vitamins are actually doing their job. Otherwise, what's the point? No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash yogagirl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yogagirl for 25% off. So finally this morning, right after four days of this crazy, I, I can't even think back at what what did i do for these 4 days? where was i? i haven't eaten. Okay, i haven't had a meal in 4. I don't have you ever been that sick? Okay, maybe i'm like exaggerating this cuz for me this is a big deal. I am never so sick that i can't eat. Okay? And i know we're all different in that sense. Some people as soon as they get sick, they just lose their appetite. I'm the opposite. Whenever i get sick, i like i want a snack. You know, if i have a cold, i want to lay on the couch and like eat something and you know, watch Netflix or like, you know, I want to bake. Like oftentimes when I'm sick, I bake. I just, I get bored being at home because I'm sick. So I end up baking. I just had four days of fasting. Okay. And I am not, (laughs) I am not a person who easily just fasts. I never skip a meal. (laughs) You know, I mean, everybody has that friend like, oh, I forgot to eat breakfast today. Or I guess I forgot to eat lunch. Like that has never happened to me (laughs) in the history of the world. Have I ever forgotten to eat breakfast? Like that is not in my like that's not in my itinerary for this journey. Okay, at all. So for four days, I have not had a single meal. I have been drinking. I mean, I've been drinking. That's been my one thing. It's been like in the front of my mind throughout all this these feverish dreams. I mean, 106 fever. I don't know how I was like communicative. I probably should have gone to the hospital. I don't know, but I've been drinking. I've been drinking. I've been had, I've been drinking. I've been drinking. (laughs) Oh, you guys know it was Beyonce's birthday last week, this week, last week. Anyway, I have been drinking. I've had these big like jugs these big 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 bottles glass bottles of water next to my bed that Dennis has been refilling I've had coconut water and lemon water and juices and all the tea I probably have had like five liters of beverages by my bedside at any given time so every time I like got up to pee or sat up or did something I would chug just chug so much liquid like I, I didn't get dehydrated at all that I know at least I don't think so but so finally, after four days of not eating, just drinking, <laughs> no, I can't get that Beyonce song out of my, <laughs> that's such a good song. You guys know, I can't get it out of my head. Yeah. After four days of that, I woke up this morning and like, literally I, I hear the birds outside. <laughs> We've all had this experience in our lives of having been really ill and then waking up the first day of feeling marginally better like feeling just feeling better doesn't mean that like we're perfect now and everything's great but just feeling better it's like life has returned to us you know everything is is sparkly and shiny and shimmery and like it's like dusted with a little bit of glittery fairy dust I opened my eyes and I heard the birds outside it was like oh my god I'm alive I'm alive (laughs) And I mean, you can tell by my voice, like I'm still I mean, no way can I leave the house. like i'm I'm not great, but the fever is gone. I'm sweating a lot, but i I, I don't think I have a fever anymore. I think it's just like the after the aftershocks of this crazy fever hit. And uh, I still have a headache, but it's totally manageable. I mean, this headache, it's it's like wearing a tiny little like bicycle helmet headache. That's what that was, where the other headache was like one of those clamps that you use to clamp down wood in carpentry like screwed on really, really, really tight around all corners of my brain uh, until my brain was almost exploding. Like that's the difference. Like now I'm like, I'm wearing just a very light bicycle helmet of headache. I can talk, I can, I can read, like I can open my eyes. I can record this podcast. I'm totally fine. Like I can see clearly now the rain is gone. (laughs) Oh wait, I just had an epiphany. This is going to be one of those podcast I record where I think I'm all better but I still have a fever (laughs) and next week I'm gonna talk about today's podcast how I talked about the yoga girl podcast today I'm gonna be like oh my god I recorded a podcast thinking I was all better (laughs) still in my fever delirium and I can't remember anything I said well if that's the case like I take no responsibility for anything I say today except I take full responsibility for everything I say Always, but waking up and feeling better was just, I mean, it's marvelous. It's marvelous. So the first thing I do this morning, and here's where my, here's where my journey goes from like portal to another portal. I, uh, I go to make tea, right. Or to prepare tea. And I know I owe you all a big podcast about my, my tea practice. Not that I owe you, but I I do. I feel like I I talk enough about tea on this show and on social media and everywhere because it's it's a practice that's part of my every single day life. And I've never I've never given you a full download of what is this practice? Like why do I do it? How does it serve me? How does it work? How did I find it? And I really want to do that. The reason I haven't is because there's two reasons. One is it's felt really great to have something completely private, to have a piece of my practice that I don't talk about at all, like a piece of my sadhana that's just for me. It's felt really beautiful. But now I'm it's kind of leaking out of me now. Like I'm filming snippets of my setup and like I love sharing little pictures and little things of my tea space because it's the most beautiful thing I know. So I am sharing now, like it's kind of, I can't help it. So it feels better to do that also. But the second reason I haven't really shared about it is because I haven't had the words. I I really haven't. I haven't had the words, even to my my best friends. And I'm trying to explain, like, what is tea? And I'm like, I, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know what to tell you. Let's just, let's drink tea instead. And then I've been in ceremony with my friends and they get it. You know, it's only in that silent space that we really get it. But... I am planning an episode where I'm going to share um, more in depth so you know what I'm talking about when I casually reference tea, okay? But so this morning, the first thing I wanted to do waking up from this delirium was to sit with tea and to begin a ceremony. There's a lot of things I do to prepare, right? The preparation for the ceremony is also in a way part of the ceremony or part of the ritual, uh, which means preparing my things and setting up the space and I'm I'm out of breath now and I'm just talking. (laughs) Maybe I am still really sick. Okay. I don't know. Sorry if I'm panting. It's like I'm running a marathon and I'm just telling you about my tea. (laughs) Yeah. So to begin ceremony, I prepare and normally, I guess there's not really a normally for me this year, but in a normal, regular day-to-day life, I would have my tea space set up permanently somewhere. Like at home, our real home in Aruba, in my sacred space, the top floor of our house, I had my tea table, uh, which was also an altar, little, little cushion that I sit on, all of my tea wear, all of my tea, all the things I use for my tea practice are all already set up. So to actually prepare, there are just like a certain few things that I would do. That doesn't include like boiling the water and things like that but just setting up the space right I would like take the cushion out from beneath the altar where I used to hide it so I would have more space to move and like choosing which tea I want and making sure the space is clean and and then setting up the tea stage or setting up the tea altar is like part of that so as I do that this morning and today because we're in a new house all this year, we've been in new spaces. Today, I had to completely set up in a really new way because I obviously haven't sat with tea for a long time. And turns out Leia has been playing with my teaware. <laughs> so I kind of found my teaware. Like, there was this beautiful setup in this little office in this house where we are now. Like, Dennis set up an office for me, which is also I can use as a practice space, but I haven't yet. I've been outside. I've only had tea a few times since we came to Aruba. And I've been outside for that, so now I open the door to the office. I'm like, I'm gonna set up the tea space in here because I still have a little bit of a fever. I don't I can't sit outside; it's too hot for that. And I open the door and I see like Leia's been having her own tea ceremonies while I've been away on another planet. <laughs> There's like all these cushions set up. There's a circle set up, and it's it's unclear if like the items are the altar or if they're in the practice I don't know but there's cushions set up like my precious precious teapot that's so I mean yes it's very expensive and hard to get most of all it's hard to get like I waited a long time for it to get to Aruba it's hard to ship things here I am it's the one thing I'm terrified is gonna break because I can't replace it like I can find something that resembles a bowl to drink from if that if that would break but I can't replace my teapot And she's been playing with my teapot, you know, and all my teaware and all my stuff. And there's crystals there and a deity there, like Kali's on the floor. Kali's not supposed to be on the floor. I have to teach her about that. And I just, the first thing I see stepping out of my bedroom and I'm like, oh my God. Like I'm not even upset, like not even an inch upset. She's just, she's been in ceremony while I've been away. You know, she's set this up on her own. And I don't know. I mean, I know Dennis isn't the most meticulous person like I would know immediately if she was if she was using my stuff you know but Dennis hasn't noticed over these days that she's been in here at all and I'm just like she's just held the space for me while I was away while I was sick like how beautiful is that and I just love to envision her sitting here you know how kids when they're little, we like to like, at least I did. And I had a set like that for Leia when she was smaller, when she was younger, like having a tea party, setting up our stuffed animals to have a tea party with a teapot. Like she's doing the same thing, but she's doing it with a, with actual or in actual ceremony, you know, with actual teaware, like, like choosing herself. Like she, she consciously chose which crystals to include. And she had a lot of stuff she could have brought in and she just brought these certain things. Like it was really beautiful. So already there, you know, this first thing I see after being so sick, I, I just feel really emotional that I have a daughter who's taking after what she sees in this beautiful way. I mean, it just felt really precious. And then I set up the space and I set up the table and I go outside and I just pick some flowers. And it's so beautiful to pick flowers here in the Caribbean because of course, everything is very colorful and big and alive. It's different than what you find in the forest of Sweden, right? It's it's beautiful in a different way. And um, I set up the space. And here is where it really, what really broke me open, I guess. I mean, I was emotional the whole time. And my body is totally broken down. You know, everything aches. I've been sleeping, sitting up because of this headache. Like, weirdly, like, I'm half sleeping, oh, I mean for four days, basically. So I have so much pain in my upper back and my neck. And, you know, my body just feels, (laughs) in Swedish, there's a word that fits perfectly. It's called mörbultad, which basically means mör. It's like raw, but not even. You know, oh, this is like a bad analogy because it doesn't fit my lifestyle. But you know that thing you use to beat meat? (laughs) Like, that's how you are more. I don't know if that explains it, but basically you're just like roughed up. Like you're just like so raw, like raw and sensitive. That's how I was feeling so much pain. And then I sit down and I begin my ceremony and I bow in, which is part of the ceremony. And then a little bit into the practice, there is a moment. And I will explain this in another podcast where I talk more about this ritual, but There's a moment where when I, for the first time, invite the actual tea that I've chosen for today or for this practice, or I feel like oftentimes it's the tea that chooses me, where I invite tea in for the first time. Like I bring the tea onto the tea stage and I hold the tea to my heart and I hover one hand over over tea and I say, hi. Hi and th- this is this part of this ritual where it's basically your it's a moment to really commune with the tea before you brew tea and this is i mean this whole practice revolves around tea as spirit tea as as plant medicine you know just the same way as um, you know, ayahuasca being plant medicine in this major, overwhelming, like, psychedelic way. Like, I've done ayahuasca, and it's it was life-changing, and it's definitely medicine. But also, like, chamomile flowers also being plant medicine. Like a spruce tree also being plant medicine. Like, each plant in the plant world is medicine in its own way and can help and aid us in different ways, right? So tea in this sense is... It's plant medicine in that way, but it's also it's it's nature for me in a way, wrapped up in one being, and that energy is very. At least for me, this is just my own experience. The energy for me of tea, it's like it's the energy of God. It's and it's also very feminine for me. It has this very soft, very nurturing, very nourishing quality to it and um sitting with tea it it's 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 sitting with god it's communing with god and it's also sitting with myself and sitting with nature and in its essence isn't me and god and nature isn't that all the same thing you know when it really comes down to it a consistent body care routine is a really important part of my self-care. I feel so much better when my skin is looking and feeling good. It's such a small thing that has a big impact on your overall day for your well-being. A consistent body care routine doesn't just promote healthy glowing skin, it actually boosts our mental health too. So give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven seaweed infused skincare that provides results you can see and confidence that you can feel. Osea's Andaria LG body butter is not your typical body butter. It transforms dry, crepey skin to smooth, soft, and supple skin. And it's my absolute favorite. I use OCS products religiously, and I have been for years. It really is the best out there. One of the best parts about the body butter is that it's non-greasy. I hate putting on body lotion and feeling slippery and sticky all day, but OCS body butter absorbs right into your skin, leaving you feeling hydrated and ready to make the best of whatever is next on your agenda and it's been shown to hydrate you for 72 hours after applying. Skin care is self-care, so this is a habit worth keeping all year round. With Osea, you will get clean, seaweed-infused products from a company with over 27 years of experience making sure they are the safest for your skin and the planet. All of Osea's products are vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out with clean skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Okay, (laughs) I don't know if I'm doing a good job explaining this. but So anyway, B with T being this guide, right? This 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 guide I speak to that speaks back, that sort of tethers me to Mother Earth and is Mother Earth at the same time. There's this moment where I bring tea onto the tea stage and I say hello. And this moment um, I've struggled with a little bit. There's so many different intricate parts to this ritual and throughout this practice or all this time I've been in this practice, I've always had different, there's always different things that suddenly like open up for me. Like, Oh, I don't know. There's no, if I'm lacking flow in this movement or I question, why do I place this item exactly here? Or, you know, there's like things, it's just like a yoga practice. You start practicing yoga and in the beginning, maybe you're mimicking something and then you realize, Hey, when I, when I arrive at this pose in this way with this intention, you know, something changes, something opens, something shifts for me. I can approach it in this way, or I can breathe in this way. I can move in this way. You know, everything is so intricate and you change one thing and then everything else changes too. It's like that chain reaction of flow. And I have that in my tea practice all the time where I tweak little things or understand little things better. And and there's been this moment of every time I bring tea in and and I say hello and I welcome her, I've had a a moment of hesitation all the time. It's like I haven't nailed this connection of how do i how do I greet her? you know it's been I don't know, I can't explain it. It's been like a moment of of hesitating a little bit, and then I land in something that feels right for me for that day, which is often thank you, you know, thanks for meeting me here. I'm so excited to to be with you today. I'm so so happy to be here and thank you and welcome and you know something to just kind of spark that reciprocation of that relationship you know that connection of it's not just me sitting here you know mindlessly doing some movements with my hands and then drinking some beverage it's like no this is this is presence this is life in action it's it's divine like it's something much bigger than just me so today And I'm for sure going to cry now (laughs) as I do this. And I bring tea to the tea stage. And I just sat with that for a long time. Like, what is this? What is this hesitation here, you know, to say hello? And then I realized the reason I hesitate is because I haven't accepted, I haven't embraced, I haven't allowed what this energy means for me. Like, what this, what tea really is for me. I've had to keep that away because it's been really big. It's been really overwhelming. And now I was in this place of I was feeling like a child, you know, I was feeling like a newborn, like reborn to this to this earth somehow through through this crazy fever. And I sat there and I just realized like this energy for me, this this thing I'm sitting with every day is my mother. And it's hard for me to it's hard for me to say that because for me, you know, when I think of mother, it's so complicated. It's not this simple, it's not this simple relationship, you know, of mother, daughter that I was taught everyone has. It's not this uncomplicated, you know, only loving, only nurturing, beautiful symbiosis of a relationship like that's not it for me that relationship has been really painful you know it's been really 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 hard and it's been hard all of my life I just didn't know it until about two years ago and since I figured that out (laughs) it's been it's been really truly terrible right it's been good in a lot of ways because I've learned so much about myself and I have so much clarity and and I have boundaries now, and I have a much healthier relationship with every being in my in my world after figuring these things out. But also in a big way, it's like i I lost my mom, and she's still here. you know, and it's a really hard It's a really hard pill to swallow. and and I, and I'd forgotten this, but when I realized this this morning as I was like bringing tea in, I realized that this is this, this is this mothering quality to me. Like I really, really feel this in tea, in this. It's so nurturing. It is a mothering. It is me mothering myself. And it's also me being able to sit with my mom in a way I, I can't in person. Right? I just can't. It's not, it's not possible for us to do that. And as I realized that this morning, I remembered, and I can't believe I could even forget something this big, but when I first found a tea, which was end of last year and started the practice January of this year, and I had my first big tea sit, and I was so heartbroken about my mom and about our separation and and I know I often seem very tough and I, I don't talk about her a lot because it brings up a lot of drama and it brings up drama with strangers who listen to this show who aren't very kind. So I, I try, really try not to talk about her because I don't want any any drama for either of us. You know, And I had one podcast earlier this year, one single one where I spoke about the boundaries I've set. And I, and I spoke about our relationship a bit and I was really hard after that because so many people had so much to say. And anyway, so I, I don't, but what I remember this morning was in that tea sit in January, which is like a lifetime ago. I mean, this was before mold, before we lost the house, before all these things happened, before we were uprooted. And I, I'd been like away from my mom for a year or something. And I was so heartbroken about it and I remember drinking tea and I was sitting with my bowl from my sacred space in our house looking out at the ocean and looking out at the cactus and I was just holding the bowl to my heart and I was so sad and I remember like I just remember speaking out loud like I really miss my mom. Like, you know, when you're feeling something so intensely, you just speak it out loud, right? And the hard part about that, like really missing her is because what I miss is a version of our relationship that doesn't exist anymore. What I wish, I mean, what I miss is like something I wish for, you know, it's something I dream of, but it's not reality, you know, what I miss is is something I don't think I, I can ever really have. And I said that out loud. I just said I miss my mom. Like I, I really miss the mom that's beneath all the hard things. The mom that I know is there, you know, beneath all the trauma and all the pain and all the hard edges and reactivity and... All the hard things that are in the way, like I know beneath all of that is a, is a mom who really loves me, who I really love. And this possibility of something really beautiful, but it's not there right now, right? So I was just really mourning that and grieving that. And as I said those words, like I miss my mom, T spoke to me really loudly, like really loudly. And she said, but I'm right here, but I'm right here. And for me, that was my first ever experience in my life, feeling a connection to my mother with without my mother present, feeling a connection to mother, you know, in a bigger way also, not just the, the human being who birthed me, that also, but also to, the mother of us all, you know, Mother Earth. Like feeling this connection to being able to also mother myself by nurturing myself and nourishing myself and by inviting these hugely important mothering qualities into my life in every way I can. That reminder that it doesn't all like fall on one flawed human being because we are all flawed human beings and that moment that like, but I'm right here. It, it really, it really changed something for me. And now it's been, you know, it's nine months later, (laughs) which is funny because that's the time it takes to (laughs) grow and birth baby. (laughs) I mean, it really is. (laughs) It's funny. It's nine months later. And now I'm having that full circle moment of the reason tea is so important for me is that that's, it's, it's me bringing it's me bringing my mom into my life without, without any of the pain. I don't know how to explain that better than I just did. I probably can't explain that better than I just did. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks. So just imagine what you could do in a full year. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. I have always loved learning languages. I speak four fluently. They're so interesting. And I've even noticed that sometimes the language you speak can influence pieces of your personality. Learning my husband's native language made us understand each other on a whole new level. Now Babbel has gifted me my own account and I can't wait to dive in. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you actually start speaking a new language. It's designed by real people for real conversations. And their advanced speech recognition is like having your own personal language coach to help you improve your pronunciation so you can get prepped and confident for real world conversations. Just 15 hours with Babbel is equal to one university semester. Overall, they have more than 13,000 hours of learning content and you can browse more than 20,000 courses offered every month. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash yoga. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash yoga, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash yoga. Rules and restrictions may apply. So when I had that opening of like, oh, oh, like there's something really ancient here. And this connection to this tree, right? Because that's what we drink when we drink tea, is we drink the tea tree, the leaves of the tea tree. Like there's something so very ancient here with this tree tethered to the earth. And these trees, you know, they are thousands of years old. Like they've been here for so long and it takes so much for this leaf to get into my cup. You know, it's this whole cycle of of nature. (sighs) And for me to be here now with this. And then I realized the tea I chose or the tea that chose me this morning is called Ancestor. And I I just started crying, (laughs) right? I mean, I'm crying, sharing the story, but it was a really, really, really emotional, (laughs) emotional morning for me. And it was one of those things, you know, when you start crying and you you realize it's been a while since you really were able to let go in that way. And then I, I just kept crying. And I just kept drinking tea and I kept crying and with every single bowl I poured, I had another it was like a it's like a you know, like a closed rose bud and then peeling off like <laughs> petal after petal with one thing falling off after the next, basically. I think I had about an hour, maybe more, crying about my mom. (laughs) Which is... Which is just overwhelming and hard in so many ways. It's really hard to grieve someone who's still here, you know? And I also know, like, things could change and just where I am in my life right now, it doesn't work. And I have to honor myself and my family and that. But it's also doesn't mean that that's, I do that willingly because it's something I want. You know, it's really hard to choose yourself when it's at the expense of not choosing someone you love, you know. And often that's what boundaries are like. It's, it's not just, oh, I'm going to choose my own well-being because I'm my most important person every time. It's not easy because oftentimes that means choosing a way or not choosing someone who really who's really important in your life and doing that of course sets off this whole trigger of pain for that person and drama and you know everything that comes along with family stuff like it's never easy right but then it's also like I'm sitting there drinking my ancestor tea and all summer being in Sweden, I have felt so connected to my ancestors. But when I think about it, I'm really, really connecting with the ancestors on my dad's side of the family. Like that's where we found our house. That's the lake I've been swimming in all year. Those are the ancestors. Like I have pictures of ancestors from hundreds of years ago that I really... People I just really relate with. Um, the images I put on my altar. Like people I really call in when I'm in practice, but they're all on my dad's side of the family. And I didn't do that consciously. I didn't choose to like, oh, I'm going to deepen my connection to my to my ancestral lines, but I'm going to do it only on one side. No, it's just, it just happened that way because I've had to close this door to one side of the family because it's been too overwhelming and it continues to be too painful. Like it's not just something that happened a long time ago and I'm rehashing that like some toddler. No, it's things that continue to happen today, right? And that aren't okay. And I realized today, like I'm drinking this ancestor tea in the practice that, that mothers me, that invites this most nurturing quality in my life that I'm really missing. And I'm also closing the door to that whole side of my past, you know, it's so fascinating and hard. And then as I, (laughs) you know, I had like my own little, I was in this room today for four hours, I think, I think I drank tea. I mean, I drank tea until I had no more water (laughs) after refilling it. Also, for hours, I was just sitting here crying, crying, crying. And you know, one of those tears that don't come with a lot of snot and like having to blow your nose, but just clarity of tears, like not tears like falling into a bottomless hole or tears that felt hopeless or no, it felt really, really beautiful. It felt really purposeful. It felt so cathartic. It felt like I had to get this sick to get to this place where basically everything I've really held together all year just crumbled for me in a way. I've had to really take this stance within myself and out to the world where I'm okay having cut my mom out of my life. Like I've had to do that. I haven't had another choice. I've had to be really strong to set those boundaries and I've had to stand firmly in my decision, right? Because there's been a lot of things threatening that. It's, it's felt really, really challenging. So I haven't been able to hold that and also grieve and be sad and you know, let my inner child, like that little girl inside of me who's just like Leia, just like wanting her mom, you know, just grieving what isn't possible, what isn't there. Like I haven't, I haven't had the space, I guess, to fall apart in that way. And today I did. And it was so fucking needed. And then as I was sitting with that and just thinking about that, you know how like our children, like how when we are pregnant, we carry we were actually three generations in one being, right? So when I was pregnant with Leia, I wasn't only carrying Leia, but already within the fetus that was Leia was the egg that will become her children, right? Like you're born with the amount of eggs that you have for your entire life. So it's like you're already carrying future generations too. And that means that when my mom was pregnant with me, she also carried Leia, you know? Because the egg that became Leia was already within me. And that to me, when I was pregnant and I found that out, I, f- I found it so healing. so like, wow, it's you know it's like past, present, future all in one in one body. It's so beautiful. You know it's maiden, mother, crone, all at the same time. It's like we get to embody all of this. And of course, I'm aware I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my mother. You know, Leia wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my mother. Like everything goes back to this one beautiful, complicated fact that we get the parents that we get for a reason, you know. And they come with the challenges they come with for a reason. I, I, I get that. For me, that's applicable. It doesn't have to be for you. But it doesn't make this any easier to manage, right? And I was drinking this ancestor tea and just feeling that and crying my eyes out and and then realizing that, you know, like I'm also grieving this home. That is a very hard grief for me to explain because, you know, we lost a home that still stands. That's a really privileged thing to say (laughs) you know like since we made the decision that we're not moving back yeah that we're not we're not going back we're this journey took us to sweden instead so although technically if in two years we decide sweden wasn't for us and yeah we want to move back there yeah we can it still means that the home as we knew it you know the home i labored (laughs) leia in you know the the home like the only home she's ever known the home she was raised in for the first four years of her life that's never gonna come back you know and it's a strange grief in a way because yeah I don't know I think I've felt like I'm not allowed to grieve it you know it's not like the house burned down it still stands and I don't know but I I felt that really intensely today that hey this was your first home like it, it really was our first home and it's, it's not gonna be what it once was, even if we do decide to come back one day. And I think the, the pain of losing it all and losing all of our belongings and having so many months, it was a lot. Fuck. <laughs> I want to get better at holding privilege and pain at the same time. I often just dismiss what I feel because I go straight to, but we're so blessed right because we are so fucking blessed and i don't want to be entitled or petty or arrogant or i don't know i just try to jump straight to but we are so blessed you know so many people like we can afford to stay in airbnbs oh my god that is the blessing of all blessings you know i can't grieve this mess you know because i should i should be grateful and i should be grateful but in doing that all year I think it's added up to just holding a lot of sadness about about being uprooted, you know, holding a lot of sadness around the whole ordeal, the whole ordeal, knowing that we lived in a home that we loved and it made us sick, you know, and every item in that house we lost and had to throw away. And even today I was, (laughs) I haven't been in my inbox in a very long time and I was, just going through my inbox and i found all of these postcards <laughs> that people sent to leah with pictures of her old bear that she had to throw away or we had to throw away because of mold and i was just like like that on its own is a whole chapter every every little loss wrapped up into this big loss of losing everything <sighs> i mean losing bear is a whole like it's a grief on its own, in and of itself. You know, me losing Andrea's yoga mat, my best friend in the whole world, she died. And I had to, like, go over her yoga mat, you know. Like, even saying that, and I have to cry about it because I can't not cry about it. I think it means I'm not done grieving that yet. You know. And there's this part of me is like, it's just stuff, you know? People actually lose people. Like, I'm a person who lost people. I know what it's like to lose a person you love more than anything. And what I'm losing now, like, losing Andrea's yoga mat does not compare to losing Andrea, right? I went through the process of losing my best friend, and now it's like, I I lost her yoga mat, so? Why is that a big deal? And I think I... I have so many of those little items, you know, that meant so much. that represented so much than just the thing that they are. And I just had to bundle them all together into this thing called, like, throw away <laughs> or loss. And I put it over there because it's just stuff, right? And as I was sitting with that this morning, it was just like, oh, but it's not just stuff, You know, every single item that I lost represented this big wound that was already there. You know, the loss of that person in my life or the loss of that time in my life or whatever that thing represented. And it's hard to give yourself space to process when you're constantly (laughs) trying to hold everything together. Right? And that's my... That's my role. <laughs> I am the holder of things. Like, always have been, always will be the holder of things. Like, I'm holding things together all the time, making sure everyone's okay, making sure everyone's safe, making sure we get to the next step, the next phase. Like, even now, we're in Aruba, we have this long list of things. If we're actually moving to Sweden, renovating this house, from afar, how are we going to do that? We haven't started that. Is that even possible? Can we afford it? You know, how are we going to get her into a school? How are we going to start our lives somewhere else? Close the whole chapter here if that's what we're doing. Like, there's millions of things that have to get done, and I'm focused on that all the time, right? All the time while holding my daughter, making sure that she gets to feel everything and process everything that I just, I forget about myself, you know? And in a big way, tea, the tea table and tea, it's that, it's that big, warm hug from your mom at the end of a hard day, you know? It's like, like being scared the first day of school, like, I remember that feeling so much. Being scared the first day of school. Like, new people, new friends, new teachers. How is it going to be? It's like your mom holding your hand as you cross the street, telling you it's okay. Like, everything that represents mom for me, it's that, that nourishing space to feel safe. And I really miss that. I really need that. I really crave that. And I'm really good at giving that away. And doing that for my daughter and my husband and other people. And tea does that for me. (laughs) I'm so grateful for that. I mean, I got four hours of crying my eyes out, but feeling so safe and so held and so good this morning that in a sense now I feel like... (sighs) I feel okay. <laughs> and know okay isn't the same as like I feel great I mean I feel okay as in I'm okay you know Like my feet are on the ground and I'm here I'm okay I'm here I'm right here <sighs> and I think that's what T was telling me at the beginning of the year and what T continues to tell me today is that I am right here you know when I feel like I need someone, I need help, I need support, I need to be held, I am right here. (laughs) There's a mother within us all, waiting to hold us all the time, every day. (sighs) Hmm. (laughs) And I just heard Leia walking through the door, back from school. So I'm going to go be that mother for her now. Just the greatest joy of my life. And I want to say thank you for listening and for holding the space for me. And if this was a delirious podcast, let's just not talk about it again. <laughs> and also I would like to end with just a little a little request of love. I shared this on my Instagram today as well that... Sometimes when I'm on this podcast or on social media and I get vulnerable and I share something, especially around family or challenging relationships, you don't need to do anything with that, okay? I would appreciate just so much kindness and no need to comment on anybody's Instagram account or direct message anybody or gossip or make anything into drama, okay? I promise you, you have enough drama in your own life. <laughs> there's no need to tap into mine or try to create some out of mine. And I know there's it's like 0.0001% of people out there who do this. But I really would appreciate just some kindness, you know. There's no need to go to my mom's Instagram account and talk to her about this stuff. Like, you don't have to do that. You don't have to come to my Instagram account and tell me what to do with my life either. You know, you can just take this vulnerability right this space that i know is sparked within you from me being vulnerable here i know we share that just take that and go deeper into your own things you know breathe into that and see what's inspired from that or what's triggered from that in what is yours and just be kind thank you I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the show. And a huge thank you to my sponsors. Make sure you support them the way they support this podcast. If you enjoy this episode, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart, available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio. I'll see you next week.